today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Canada makes it easier to get over the border, and after 35 years, the Phantom is taking its final curtain. Those and more next in the travel news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we talk about buying airline tickets and remind you of your biggest protection as a ticket buyer. We're digging into the mailbag today to answer your travel questions. You've submitted some really interesting inquiries, including one from a traveler who wants to know if you can really bring a support horse on the plane. The mailbag opens at 335. A, a, a horse, huh? Did, did you say horse on a plane as a passenger? Yes, a horse. I can't wait for the reply to that question. A horse on a plane. Yep. Well, I can top that one for you, Mark. What about, what about the story about the plane that moans in the sky? A plane that moans? <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll have that at 350. Well, you may have topped the horse on a plane. All I can tell our listeners is stick around for the second half of the show featuring horses on planes and planes that moan in the sky. Thanks for joining today's rather strange edition of The Travel Guys. On the road again just can't wait to get on the road again. I've got two tickets to paradise. Love to Alaska. I go north to Russia's own. Yes, sir. We are Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys. Thanks for joining us. We're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacation. And yes, moaning on planes and uh, horses on planes. <laughs> anyway, how you been, Mark? I had a nice uh, nice trip to San Antonio and back. What you been up to? I'm just, you know, staying around close to home here, letting all of my body parts get all back in in sync together yeah i got two i got both both halves of a new butt so that's you know i mean that's fairly significant (laughs) that's Uh, one way to put it Uh, a hip replacement yeah well that would probably be a in the same year we might point out a better way to say it probably would be hip replacement but new butt gets a lot more attention you know if you're especially if you're like walking through an airport or something well you're a brave man mark Uh, obviously you had had enough uh, issues with those hips that, that something needed to be done you know, but uh, it's uh, quite a, takes a, a lot of guts to do one, and then six months later, voluntarily do another. Yeah, uh, so and I did volunteer. We, I mean, never mind the strap me down and the drugs and everything. Listen, you <laughs> went to uh, you went visiting family in in San Antonio. You had kind of a parking adventure out at the airport. Oh my I understand. God, I couldn't believe it, Mark. I mean, I think I texted you. Uh, we went out uh, Saturday morning, flight out uh, late morning, and. Uh, the, I, I, we drive in, and I didn't check ahead of time. Sign says, garage full. It's a big garage where you pay a lot of money to park, but you don't want to. Full. Uh, overflow lots, full, full, full. And then it said, west lot, 
overflow lot uh, sort of available. So we made it over to that one. That's the one that sits right next to the waiting lot. And, man, we drove back and forth for 15 minutes in that lot. And finally, in the far corner, we we found there was about five or six spots that were wide open, and everybody was scrambling for them. And uh, we got on the shuttle, and I don't know what the rest of the people that were driving around in that parking lot did, but uh, I've never seen it on a Saturday. And what are we talking about? A couple of weeks into September. This isn't Thanksgiving. This isn't uh, Christmas. Uh, it didn't appear to be any kind of special holiday. Uh, I'm just guessing that well, with people wanting to travel. That's what you get for being a, a radio celebrity. You know, people heard that you were traveling, <laughs> and they all went out there to try to catch yeah. a glimpse. You yeah, know, well, they, they did. They got a glimpse of me going that way and then that way and then that way. And then when we <laughs> flew in from LAX uh, uh, on Thursday, uh, that particular route for Southwest takes you by those parking lots and you can look out the window uh-huh. and by golly I could see my little red jeep shining in the sunshine there was hardly a car anywhere around it so my suggestion fly out on the middle of the week fly back on the middle of the week uh Fridays you know what you're getting on Saturday has to be everybody that wanted to go someplace on Friday added to the people that wanted to go someplace on Saturday it's, and I don't know if it it's nuts to those of you listening, I, I I think we'll all agree that it's a sad and tragic story of the Romano Thank family very much. desperately trying to get a parking space at the airport. Um, hopefully they had tickets, but at least the parking space was a, a huge problem. Yeah, uh, well, clearly, clearly, you know, you need to make sure that you amass the proper number of friends that can give you a ride to the airport. Uh, and drop you off. It's the only way to fly. Well, don't park by the you know on the side of the road by the freeway because the traffic's bad enough out there. Is it? We're gonna, we we need an extra <laughs> lane out there on that freeway before too long. They tell me um, the Caltrans guy that I know says it takes five years from beginning to end, and he said till, till the end till the pavement is laid. He said they just started talking about it about six months ago. So he said you got a few years to go. All right, we better better roll on here. At the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with it, here's Mark. Stop pooping around here and get on with the travel news. Alaska Airlines and their pilots, we told you that the pilots were kind of getting a little cranky over at Alaska. Well, they won't be cranky anymore. Seattle Times uh, reports that the new contract the pilots have gotten gives them a pay bunk bump of between 15 and 23 percent, depending on their seniority, while first officers receive an extra bump above that. So what this means, folks, is that if the Alaska pilots got a new contract, it's likely pilots from other carriers will get a new contract, and that is not going to help airfares get any cheaper in the foreseeable future. Um, scenic tra- train ride has been restored in the Pacific Northwest. This is really kind of a cool train. Runs between Seattle, actually runs between Eugene a couple of times a day, um, but uh, several times a day between Seattle and Vancouver, British Columbia. It starts up again tomorrow. It's been uh, down for almost all of the COVID time. That is one of the most beautiful. You pass Mount Baker. You got the Puget Sound there and stuff like that. If you are ever at odds for where to go on vacation. Go to Seattle and take the train to Vancouver. Take your passport. Um, stay a couple days in Vancouver, great city, and come on back to Seattle. Pretty simple, pretty easy. Um, and now the train is running again. So one of America's most scenic train routes has returned. Speaking of Amtrak, they have a goal to achieve, to achieve 
net zero carbon emissions, they announced last week, by 2045. Um, and they've also set some goals for 2030. So hopefully um, all of these goals that, that we're, we're actually starting to see people say by this date, um, some of the dates are far off in the future, but at least it's some hope. Listen, um, this is the year, Tom, for the 70th anniversary of a iconic hospitality brand. That you could probably say that this brand changed hospitality and travel as much as any brand that ever came along. It wow, came along. Motel Six. Oh, you're warm. You're warm. <laughs> In August 1952, Kemmons Wilson decided that uh, he had this idea that you could travel no matter what the state, no matter what the highway, you could pull up at this hotel and know exactly what you were getting. No frills, just clean accommodations with the restaurant, plenty of rooms, and a pool. In August 1952, Mr. Wilson opened his first Holiday Holiday Inn. Inn. You betcha. You you betcha. 70 years, a movie has been done on it. Um, the brand, now there's Holiday Inn and Holiday Inn Express and Crown Plaza and all of those different brands. But indeed, 70 years ago, um, it was it was time for Holiday Inn to make its debut. Here's kind of an interesting uh, story that broke last week. Spirit Airline employees, apparently. Now, these are employees that are not directly Spirit employees but are contracted, work for a company that – worked for Spirit at the ticket counter and stuff, um, caused Spirit to lose 283000 in lost ticket revenue hmm. in the Philadelphia station a few years ago uh, by skimming ticket change fees from customers who walked up to the counter. If you want to read about it online, it's kind of an interesting story about how some Spirit customers, you know, on that airline they charge you for everything. Once you've bought the minimal ticket, you know, you have to use mm-hmm. pay for everything except using the bathroom. Well, the employees found a way to charge the airline. Um, kind of an interesting turn turn of events. Canada is dropping its vaccine requirement on September the 30th. You will be able to enter the country um, without. There is a thing called the Arrive Can app. I've known two people that have visited Canada recently on uh, on an excursion. They both came back with COVID. Really? Really? Yeah. Well, um, the testing um, to get over the border is going to uh, – it would become optional. They have an app that you've had to fill out information on and show at the border for the last couple of months. They have randomly pulled people for for vaccine testing at the border. A real challenge for those traveling in a group because when one or two of your people get pulled for testing, why well, you can imagine that causes some issues. But anyway, Canada has um, relaxed the border crossing – arrangements however i would strongly recommend to you that um, you check online first before you go because already they have changed what they announced on thursday today is saturday and they have already changed it once so they're kind of feeling their way through this so if you're headed to canada in the next couple of weeks it's not likely that you will need to be vaccinated or fill out that app online but you want to just make sure like we've told everybody do your homework before you head out to kill a mockingbird is playing in San Francisco. Great, great, great show. A little difficult to sit through for some people, um, but great show. Has gotten some terrific reviews. We've taken some sports leisure travelers to see it. It is still running next week. 
So if you are so inclined, I would strongly suggest to you that it is a show that you would really want to see. And speaking of shows that you want to see, after a 35-year run, Phantom of the Opera will take its final curtain on February the 18th of next year. 35 years that Amazing. show has run on Broadway. The article doesn't say, the Washington Post article doesn't say how many people have seen it. But my guess is that some of those tickets in January and February are going to be really hard to get. So if you're wanting to go back and see Phantom on Broadway one more time before it ends, you've got until February the 18th. It's likely that those tickets will be like airline tickets. They will probably go up in price as we get closer to February the 18th. So farewell to Phantom of the Opera, and that's your travel news for today. By the way, uh, if you uh, have pre-check... Yep. And you think that you might be able to escape the pat down? I I got the magic number. I got the magic number. I went through the little scanner thingy and the pre-check and a little buzzer went or a little note went off whatever and a guy said congratulations you have been randomly set you have been randomly se- se- selected for me to grope you. <laughs> and uh so uh Anyway, pulled me aside, uh, did the the check, and sent me on my way. So, you know, because if you, you automatically feel pre-check, you didn't have to take your shoes off, didn't have to take your belt off, uh-huh. so you might be scot-free. Uh, not true. Yeah, they still have to check that the, the genital area isn't part of that, is what you're saying. There you go. <laughs> well, All right. a lot of fun. Hey, listen, I, I forgot one other thing here before, before you get us out to the break. T-Mobile customers on United. Get free Wi-Fi as of Thursday. I'm not a T-Mobile customer. I don't. This I just fell here on the end of the pile. Don't know all the details, but if you're a T-Mobile customer and you're flying United, you might not have to pay for Wi-Fi. And that's your extra special travel news for today. Mark, is it true that the the uh, aisle seats are smaller than the rest of the seats on the plane, and particularly those that are in the front of the plane. I swear I sat near the front of the plane, and, and you know, the plane is shaped kind of like a bullet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I swear those seats are, particularly the aisle seat, is smaller. I mean, narrower. Mm-hmm. It is narrower. On a few aircraft. Um, Some of the bulkhead, the seats in the first two rows um, of bulkhead, the first two rows of bulkhead seats are a tiny bit smaller, but it's like a quarter of an inch. So it sure sure looks narrower. Well, you're not that that big of a person, so you 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 shouldn't have. have Well, I used to not be that big of a person. Thank you very much. (laughs) Clearly, we haven't seen each other in person in way too long. (laughs) A lot of people can say that. Uh, okay, uh, on to what we're here about, making you a smarter traveler. And, and this time it has to do with uh, with airline tickets. Well, it does. And then we've got a vomit story right behind that. So, oh, um, great. Great. Yeah, I can hardly wait. If you're, if you're about to eat lunch, you might want to do it during the first half of this segment as opposed to during the second half. Um, quick reminder here. I saw a note last week. American Airlines is the only major U.S. airline that allows complimentary ticket holds as it stands right now. American has allowed customers for years to hold tickets for 24 hours without buying them. Now, this is entirely separate from, for example, United Airlines has a thing where you can hold the fare and you pay a fee to hold the fare for three, five, or ten days. And basically they say, you know, we'll hold this right here for you. You pay us five, ten, twenty dollars, whatever. And if you decide to buy it, it'll be right here for you. This is not that. 
This is also not the 24-hour-you-can-get-out-of-it rule. American Airlines has had for a while now um, allowed customers a 24-hour time period in which to decide whether or not to buy the ticket. American is considering doing away with that. So if you're an American Airlines customer, you've kind of had your cake and eat it too. You've been able to have a 24-hour period where you could hold the fare for free, and then you had a 24-hour period after you bought the ticket where you could decide that you didn't want it if so. The same is with other carriers. So American apparently is has decided that, yeah, since they don't really charge people for changing tickets and stuff anymore, do they really need this in there? So one small consumer benefit that might go away. I bring this up because the biggest consumer benefit that I can think of, I've used it numerous times myself, it will help you if you make a mistake on a ticket even. If you have a situation where you um, – you purchase a ticket, and then you decide, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I bought it on Tuesday, and it's supposed to be Wednesday. Or, oh, I can't go. Something comes up in the next 24-hour period. doesn't matter what airline you bought the ticket on. If you bought it at least seven days before departure, you can cancel that ticket and receive a refund if you do it within a 24-hour window. I would say I probably get more questions about this online than any other aspect of the whole travel industry because people are like, yeah, I've heard you can do this, but I, my friend says it's not so. It is so. Um, 24 hours, at least seven days, if you, bought, if you bought the ticket in the United States for a U.S. carrier, you can get a cash, C-A-S-H, refund. Not a voucher, but a cash refund. We've talked about this before, and every time we talk about it, I get an email or two in my box that says, gee, I think you misspoke, or maybe, I, maybe I'm not understanding this, but it really is true. American has this extra 24-hour period now, but every airline has a, a mandated 24-hour period. Our, this is our friends at Travelers United and Chris Elliott and all these folks who fight for consumers. This was one of their biggest victories a number of years ago, was kind of allowing you know what they call the fat finger thing. If you bought a ticket and you made a mistake, you had 24 hours to correct it. So, all right. Uh, in the few minutes we have left in this segment, I want to tell you about a new scam that has popped up on Uber Lyft in the last um, six, eight weeks here. Um, for a while, there's been this uh, some drivers that were trying to get an extra buck out of you would take a picture and say, oh, you spilled a soft drink in the back of the car, and now it's all sticky and I have to clean it up. And look, here's the picture of it. And so then they would charge you 50 or 100 or $150 cleanup fee, and you had to prove that the burden was on you to prove that you hadn't done it. It's taken a little bit different turn now. Um, I would call it the vomit scam. Um, Uber and Lyft, some drivers now have, uh, you get out of the car, you go on about your business, and the next day you notice that there's a posting to your credit card account, and it's a cleaning charge from the Uber people. Um, and when you check into it, you find that, well, the driver reported that you vomited in the car, and here's the picture of, you know, the oh mess in God. the car. Well, except that. Um, in most cases, this is a scam. In many cases, the picture of the vomit isn't even of the car you rode in. It wasn't taken in that car. Also, the metadata that is on the timestamp of that picture will tell that the picture wasn't taken at the time you got out of the vehicle. So there are some ways to protect this, and guess what? Remember how we've told folks for a while now, and, and you related to me before we went on the air, that you know you rented a car in San Antonio, had a couple of scrapes and scratches you were concerned about, nobody came out to check you in, so you took your 
did your due diligence, took your pictures. I did. There so you go. And this, I made sure that I took them, you know, besides timestamp, I made sure I took them so that you could see I was literally in their lot. So same thing now if you ride if you ride share. When you get out of a ride share, you need to consider taking a quick picture of the back of the car, the front of the car, wherever you rode. That will show because then that, that will have a time stamp on it. Also, I might confirm to the driver, say, I'm getting out of the car now. Could you just take a quick bl- glance in the back here and make sure that everything appears to be in order so that now the driver knows that you're on the ball also? Um, you shouldn't have to do this, but unfortunately, the world is full of people who are always trying to make a buck. And so my suggestion to you is that if you're a rideshare person, that you do those two things when you're getting out of the car. Snap a quick picture and um, and just ask the driver, would you take a glance in the back here? I'm taking a picture as as my own backup, but just wanted to clear with you that everything in the back is, is fine. It's also an extra chance to pick up the phone that fell out of your pocket or the pen or something that you might have left behind. So just a suggestion, don't fall victim to the vomit scam that's going around. Um, Chris Elliott told me he's got about a dozen uh, cases in his mailbox just over the last couple of weeks. You know, and that's the kind of thing that I would guess, I may be wrong, but I would guess is going to happen uh, in a, a situation where, like, for instance, in a party city uh, like Las Vegas, where mm-hmm. there's lots and lots of Ubers and lots of vomiting uh, and such, <laughs> or, or, or certainly, you know, rides that occur late in the evening, perhaps for people that are bar hopping and so forth, uh, more so than, you know, midday trip to the to the local airport so there you go yeah make sure uh, use that use that camera for something uh, really useful uh, in the long run there for you all the right travel Mark. guys will come personally to your house and make an appearance oh no wait a minute that's not on the list uh, sorry I just... <laughs> uh, all right uh let's see the mailbag time are you ready mr mark i am ready people sent I have, we, you know, when we say we're going to do the mailbag and people will send it, usually I get two, three, four questions. And there's a couple that comes that come in almost every week, people asking about travel things. But my goodness, people, um, a lot of, there were a lot of questions this week. And I chose just to answer them personally of folks who had, you know, unique kind of complaint situations and stuff like that and send them on. But anyway, I, I pulled out ones, some that I think might have some, some good general interest, some good questions from our, from our listeners. And by the way, if you have a question for uh, the Travel Guys, uh, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. Right there on the homepage is a place where you can uh, post your question. All right. Question number one coming in to the mailbag. Last week, I flew across country. The person next to me was uh, large and could barely get into the seat. His mass overflowed into my area, and it wasn't a comfortable three hours. My brother, who is a pilot, told me there's a rule requiring large passengers to buy a second seat. Do you know anything about that? Well, this is a really delicate area. This and whether or not you put your seat back on the plane are probably two things that are most open for conversation among passengers. Many people have had an experience on an airplane where they get on and a oversized passenger sits down next to them. Um, and oftentimes uh, it's a very small space that we're renting on aircraft, and sometimes some people don't fit well into those spaces, and that causes them, as this person said, to kind of overflow into other people's space. What's important here is that 
you have paid the airline a price amount of money for a seat on the plane, which includes, depending on the airline, you know, your your checked bag, your leg room in front of you, you know, extra leg room in front of you in some cases. So this is a really delicate thing. You you've 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 paid money for space that isn't adequate to start with. Now someone gets on and um they're taking some of your space and what do you say something? Do you just tough it out? Um how do you avoid it in the future? I think is is this traveler's question. Every airline is different. Some most airlines have what they call seat belt extenders so that passengers who are larger but not too terribly large can still get a seat belt uh, around their girth and be able to sit and, and be able to get into a seat. When you get a customer who is really can't fit into a seat, um, the airline, many airlines have policies where a, a customer of size can purchase a second seat on the aircraft and then the second seat is refunded to them after the flight. So, in essence, I, I'm not sure how that works for the airline necessarily because they're not getting the revenue for the seat, but it does gives that large customer enough room, make sure that they're not in, infringing on someone else's space, and then um, graciously allows them to get that overpayment back. I guess it's you're showing good faith by the fact that you're willing to pay for the extra space, and the airline is showing good faith by giving it back to you. Um, every I went online and tried to look for oversized passenger Rules and regulations are not even posted for every carrier, so it's difficult. If you're a large person and you feel like that you are not going to fit into that seat or that fitting in it would cause inconvenience to people around you, not to mention yourself, then you need to ask the airline about their policy for oversized passengers. That's the, the technical way to, to word it. Now, the, the question was, is the airline required or requiring large passengers to buy a second seat. So based on what, what you just said, uh, them being required to is not necessarily in the verbiage. No, and, and this is, like I said, that's why this becomes really just difficult because there are some passengers who fly and they just they know they're large and they've picked out an airline and gotten with a, a, a passenger of size policy that they can live with. Um, some people probably don't care. And then you've got probably a whole lot of people in the middle who are just not well informed about it. Um, the seatbelt extenders, I, I've, I've seen people ask for those or flight attendants offer them, and those aren't necessarily for people who are overflowing. I'm trying to be really careful here and not offend anybody by what I'm saying. Um, we're all different sizes and shapes and colors, and we're all just human people, and sometimes we're trying to get from point A to point B. So... Um, yes, it's difficult if you have a large person in the seat next to you. It's difficult for that person also. Some airlines have made some concessions to try to accommodate date that. Some have not. If you are a person of size and you're flying, I would strongly recommend that you check into that with your carrier of choice. How's that sound? All right. Good. Good. All right. Moving on. On, on, on my last flight, uh, one of our listeners writes, uh, I was surprised to have a lady sit down next to me with a cat in a cage. I don't know why you would be surprised. It happens all the time. You wouldn't want the cat out airlines. of the cage. You know, I know. She, the cat was in the cage. She explained it was her emotional support animal. Now, the cat whined throughout the two-hour flight and generally made everyone miserable. You know, children do that all the time on planes, my friend. <laughs> a support cat. A support cat. What if someone wanted to bring a horse on the plane for support? 
Mark, is that legal? Actually, um, that happened. Um, if you remember, Tom, we actually talked about this on the air. It's been <laughs> about did. two and a half years ago that a lady brought a miniature horse. Miniature horses are allowed. As at that time, support. they were allowed. And the comments that were made at the time was that this might change. And not too long after that, a lady with a peacock got on right. to a plane with her emotional support animal. And indeed, the rules now have changed. If you have a dog, um, a, a registered emotional support animal, and it's a dog, the dog can travel outside of a carrier. If the dog is not registered, then it has, and it's a small dog, then in some cases it can still be inside the plane. It can be in a carrier. It's not a support animal and is not treated as such. There are no non-dog support animals anymore on airplanes. It's up to the airline to decide whether they are going to allow the animal to be transported and what requirements they're going to require for the animal to be transported. But if you have an unusual animal and you're thinking that, oh, I'm going to tell the airline this is my support animal and that's how I'm going to get it on the plane with me, um, the lady with the with the miniature horse basically killed that. Um, yeah. That was that was so bizarre and so out of line that they were, they were required to go back and make a rule. And indeed, um, at the end of 2020 in December, they passed a rule that said they gave the airlines a little more flexibility here. So you've got a dog and you can prove that it's an ADA dog that performs a task and helps you, then you can take that dog on the plane. If you've got a horse, a cat, or anything else, it's going to be up to the airline. And when they tell you no, yeah, they can tell you no. Interesting. So cats are not automatically qualified as uh, emotional support animals. They are not. And, 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 you know, many airlines now, they've taken it uh, for on the hoof for, so to speak, um, for trying to transport animals and having problems and stuff like that. So many airlines have just changed the rules now to where it's like, you know, we'll only transport animals under certain conditions and certain types of flights and, you know, maybe non-connecting flights and things like that. So every airline is different, but the rules are also a lot tighter than they used to be. So your chance of getting on the plane and sitting next to a whining cat are smaller but not completely eliminated. Yeah, well, you know, people and their pets, they're like their children if they don't have children. Yep. Uh, and so you're, you're treading on thin ice and are going to get a lot, of, a lot of resistance along the way. All right, uh, let's move on. Another question to the Travel Guys mailbag. I hear it's possible to save on tickets that you buy at the airport. Another friend said that it isn't true. Huh. We have a bet. <laughs> so, Mark, you're you're dealing with some people with a bet here. Yeah. Are tickets purchased at the airport cheaper? And this is neither person is going to win the bet because you're both right. Um, if you're buying from most major carriers, you can buy a ticket at the airport and the price will be the published fare. If you're buying a ticket on Frontier Spirit or uh, uh, Allegiant, you're going to see a ticket, a thing on the ticket that says carrier-imposed surcharge, which is basically their ticket price. Now, they can't, according to law, impose a surcharge on you unless they're – and the surcharge is taxed differently, and they can't get away with all that unless there is a way for you to avoid the surcharge. The way you avoid that carrier-imposed surcharge that appears on your ticket – I think it's about $22 – on uh, Spirit, Allegiant, and uh, Frontier, you can buy the ticket at the airport, and mm-hmm. then you don't pay the charge. 
So if you're willing to drive out to the airport, pay for parking at the airport, and take all of that time, um, then you can save the 22 bucks. Now, if you were just one person, maybe not so much, but if there were four or five people traveling in your group and you were flying on these bare-bones airlines, that might be worth going out to the airport. Spirit has assigned times when their ticket counter is open, so you can check with them online and find out when that happens. Frontier, last time I checked a week ago, does not. So it's catch-as-catch-can. Is there somebody, if you go out, Around the time of a flight, are they going to say, well, we're too busy with the flight right now. We can't sell you a ticket. And then after the flight is over, they all disappear. So, um, yes, the answer to the question is yes, you can buy tickets at the airport, and they are cheaper on some of these cut-rate carriers. But um, it's a little bit of a game. They don't really want you to buy the tickets at the airport in mass. So in many cases, they're not making it easy for you to accomplish that. The answer is you're both a winner. Go out and buy each other a beer. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, standby. Uh, if you buy a ticket for standby and you buy it right at the uh, at the counter, uh, are those uh, the same price as a regular ticket? Yep. It's a walk okay. up. It's a walk up fare. So, you if you buy a ticket at the counter, you're you're almost always going to get goosed. Uh, do here's another question. We've we got time for maybe one more. Yep. Uh, do we have to get our ID replaced? My mother just got a new ID card, and it says something like "real ID" on it. <laughs> long, be- uh, what about that real ID? Long before the days of COVID, the government had decided that each state issues its own ID cards, and that there were some dissimilarities between them, and there were things that caused problems in a national ID database, like for flying and, and getting cleared through TSA to get on a plane. So. So we've come up with this thing called Real ID. It's not new. It's an ID that came about almost four years ago. Um, But then COVID hit after there were several deadlines for getting it, and they were extended, and COVID hit, and everybody forgot about it. It's back on the radar. It's for May of next year is the deadline. If you are a traveler, you are going to need to get one of these. We are going to talk about it more extensively in a couple weeks on this program um, because it's going to be something that – the lines will be long in the two weeks before the deadline. So if you are a smart traveler and you listen to the travel guys, we're going to try to help you get this ID changed long before the lines start forming. So, yes, you will have to get your ID replaced if it hasn't already. Even if you just got a brand-new driver's license, you'll have to get a real ID. Um, you can Google that now and get some information online, or you could just hang around this program, and we will help you. All right, let's knock out one more, and we'll call it uh, the end of the mailbag. All right. And uh, our last question from one of our listeners, I have a dispute with a ride-sharing company. I don't think there is vomit involved here. Uh, (laughs) I've written them, and they won't even answer. It's about a credit card charge that isn't mine. Any idea what I should do now? Uh, Yes. Um, If it's a credit card charge, there are certain credit card charges that credit cards will just pretty much automatically refund you, some that they will not. Um, If this involves a dispute where you paid for a service that you didn't get, then that's a no-brainer. It comes off your card immediately. You file a dispute with your credit card company. So if, if you got a charge from Uber or Lyft that is totally invalid and you can prove that it's invalid, um, then... Then you write your credit card company and you tell them that you want them to research this and take it off your bill. It's fairly likely that you will, they will if you present your evidence right. Um, if, uh, in terms of Uber Lyft, 
Um, there are ways that you can – yes, it's hard to reach them on the telephone, so you want to file a written complaint. Um, if you get no answer, file, follow up with another written complaint a couple, three days later. You didn't mention in your questionnaire how much the amount of the dispute was, so whether it's $5 or $50 may determine on how far that you're willing to take this. But I would file a written dispute. I would also file with the credit card company, no matter what the dispute is, because it will show at least – that you place this into dispute at a certain time. If it's something the credit card company doesn't allow, then you'll still have to fight your battle with Uber and Lyft. Um, I will say the number of we, – we talked about the vomit thing earlier in the program. Um, the number of issues with ride-sharing companies, particularly with amounts for $5, $10, $15, are multiplying. The number of people who are sending me notes and asking me about them are going up. So that would indicate to me that Uber and Lyft are probably not being real responsive to customer complaints. Well, Thomas, I just a little update here on the Canada story we were talking about earlier, how uh, Canada has – they've had an app that people have had to fill out and use to go in and out of the country called Arrive Can. Um, that's going to be optional now, so you don't have to provide that information. However – you don't have to have the you don't have to be vaccinated necessarily to go into Canada, but you still have to wear masks on planes um, as well as public transportation. So to say that all of the covid requirements in Canada had been have been rolled back would not be an accurate comment, just like the United States here. Um, there's some conflicting things. And so if you're, you're going to Canada as a as a traveler, you definitely want to take a mask or two with you because there are going to be situations in Canada where they're going to say, hey, you know, here you've got to wear a mask. So if you're somebody who can't do that, then you still need to stay home. But uh, the smart traveler, in addition to taking a mask with them in the States, takes one to Canada also. Very good. Very good. Boy, I'll tell you, have you heard about, uh, what was it, American Airlines? It is. Uh, pe- People, people on uh, on the planes, uh, and they had several reports mm-hmm. that they heard moaning. And I'm not talking about the twisting and turning of the body of the plane making some sort of sound. These moans were coming over the sound system, the same ones that the that the flight attendants use to make announcements on. And it was it was a voice, sounded like a male. Right. It was hard to determine whether it was. Have you listened to these online and, and, oh, yet? Oh, I, I did a little bit. I, oh before. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I, I went to as soon if you as go I to, heard about If you this. go to TravelGuysRadio dot com, well, yeah. when we're done talking here in a couple minutes, you can actually hear what they're talking about. Um, and, and this is not, you know, you're going to say, "Oh, this is another one of those weird com- conspiracy stories from the internet." Um, there's some validity to this one. Uh, it, it's, it's the real noises are there. Uh, passengers report unnerving groans and moaning sounds um one passenger said something between an orgasm and vomiting which is kind of an interesting uh, mm-hmm. evaluation i've not heard that before this is we'll, we'll have I, to nickname this the vomit show i guess since this is the, the, the twice temptation now. the temptation to emulate what i heard is very strong it's but i but they're i will really there no you've got to listen to these you've got to do this yourself um go to travelguysradio.com or you can probably just go online and put american airlines moaning and it will probably come up for you but um these are real human sounding i mean, imagine being on an airplane um one of the and this is not just one plane 
So this has happened in several places. Now, Americans, somebody said, well, they've hacked in. Somebody has hacked into the to the PA system on the planes. Well, no, American says those systems are hardwired. And and you, as a radio guy, were trying to explain to me uh, before we went on the air today uh, what hardwired means. But basically, if I think I got it right, there's no way to hack into that. It's not no, there isn't. Somebody on the plane has to pick up one of those phones slash microphones and speak or and or moan into it. It could come from the uh, cockpit uh, or it could come from either the front or the back where the uh, uh, where the the flight attendants uh, reside. So American I don't know where else. I don't see it could have come from anywhere else. Here's what America said. American says, following the initial report, our maintenance team thoroughly inspected the, the initial aircraft and the PA system and determined the sounds were caused by a mechanical issue with the PA amplifier, which raises the volume of the PA system when someone is talking. So that all or makes legitimate or moaning. It all makes legitimate sense to me, except that how come no other airline how come this hasn't happened before? How come no other airline is reporting it? It's just American, no. and it's not just one plane. So um, I, 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 go online, TravelGuysRadio.com. There's a link, and you can listen to this and amaze your friends. Um, I don't know what it is, but we will follow up on it and try to have an update for you uh, next week of the strange moaning on a, a American Airlines planes. I have to tell you that after hearing that, if I were in the sky like that, it's a little unnerving. Yeah, it would be a little disturbing. You know, you, you have to watch out, though, if you just Google it and so forth and you, you know, you pick up somebody that's like sitting in their seat and they're capturing the audio. They they could easily it could easily be one of those ones that somebody tricked up to make it sound like what it is. But there are some legitimate recordings of what went on. OK, enough of moaning on planes and vomiting in Ubers. It's time to move on. We have a great show set for you next week. Same time, same place with the Travel Guys at three o'clock. Yes, indeed, folks. We'll try to keep down the, the, the expelling from bodily things. Thanks for joining us this week. Dance like nobody's watching. See you next Sunday. All right. Stay well, stay well my friends. See you next time here on The Travel Guys.